Welcome to the Data Center of the Future podcast series sponsored by Dell. I'm Russ Riley, along with Jeff Johnson. What would happen if your data center was knocked out by a natural disaster? Would you still be in business? And if you were, how far would it set you back? And what if you're an online company that depends upon high availability? Every minute you're down after a disaster could mean millions of dollars in lost sales and the inability to process orders and invoices. This podcast features Debbie Higdon, Global Disaster Recovery Test Manager for Dell. Today you'll learn better disaster recovery strategies and best practices for managing them. Welcome, Debbie, and thanks for spending time with us. First, let's start with a general question. You talk with hundreds of Dell customers, so you must have a pretty good feeling for their pain around disaster recovery, or DR. What do you hear are the main issues over and over again from customers? When customers come in-house to Dell, one of the first things that they want to know is how we came about creating our disaster recovery plans. Did we have a template? Did we go out and borrow someone else's template? How did we define what a recovery document was going to look like? And the answer is no, we did not go out and find someone else's template. We created this in-house, especially for Dell, catered to Dell's needs. Every single Class 1 application has a recovery document on file. They are mandatory and not negotiable per Dell's DR policy, and they have to be updated every 90 days. Another thing that customers ask us about is classification. How did we determine out of the hundreds and hundreds of applications that run Dell every day, how did we determine what's a class one and what's a class two and a class three? And around that also, what is the definition of a class one application? So for Dell, a class one means you have to be back up and running on the DR systems within one to four hours. A class two is four to 48 hours, and a class three is best effort. Another thing they ask us about is how we got the budget approved in order to do the disaster recovery program. When DR started in 2001, they came to us and said, if the primary data center was destroyed and we lost it all, what would it cost us in lost revenue? So when we went out and researched that and came back with an answer, the longest lead time was 12 weeks in getting hardware in place to restart some of Dell's applications. And when we multiplied that times lost revenue, needless to say, it was millions of dollars. As you engage with these customers, what are the questions that you ask them in order to get the conversation started? One of the first things that I ask them about is their own DR plans. And a lot of times they look at me like the deer that has seen the headlights because they don't really have clear, defined plans. Some of them create their disaster recovery plans when something happens. And they create it in their mind as the incident is occurring or after. That's putting the cart before the horse. So step one really is creating a document that you can reuse over and over and over. And each application uses that same template to define what your recovery procedures really are. Ours are step by step by step. They also include where the servers are located, IP addresses, upstream and downstream dependencies. All of that is included in recovery documentation. One of the things that you talked about was classifying applications. Why is classification so important? Classification is absolutely critical to the success of any disaster recovery program. When we started in 2001, we only had 60 Class 1 applications. Now we have 243 Class 1s. So in 2001, when we started, we sat down with the business on one side of the table and IT on the other side of the table and had 
weeks of conversation around what really is a Class 1. If we have a building destroyed, those critical applications have to come back first, and they have to come back in some type of a priority order. You don't want a report that only is run once a month to come up before a sales application would come up, as an example. So for us, our Class 1s would include any application related to sales, manufacturing, shipping, or providing service to Dell customers. What about something like accounting or accounts payable or something like that? Actually, accounts payable is a Class 1, as defined by DR's policy, and does have to be back up and running within four hours. But a report that is only used within maybe an application team that they send up to their manager who sends it up to his manager that's run once a month would be considered a Class 3, and we would get that application up in a best effort type fashion should we have a real disaster. So what's best effort? Best effort means I don't care if the application isn't up in a week or two weeks. It really doesn't matter. Just get me up at some point. And we really have not defined it past best effort. So a lot of our listeners might be thinking about having a disaster recovery site somewhere else. What are some of the things that Dell considered when choosing its own location for a DR data center? Our risk analysis was done by our insurance carrier, and it was based on actual claims. And we also brought in meteorologists and had discussions about weather patterns within the Austin area. Another part of our decision was based on location cost of land, the cost of the building, networking, additional power for a secondary data center, and, of course, dark fiber. Dark fiber is very expensive. All of this was all added together to help us in making a decision on where our secondary data center would be located. So it would seem a lot cheaper to have it out in the country somewhere, but then you're not going to get the power and connectivity. Yes, so you have to think about logistics, too. How quickly can people get to this site? You don't want to have it out in the middle of the desert where it takes time to get to the data center, where your possibility of having power 24-7, you cannot assure. So let's talk about kind of the myths and realities of data recovery. What are some of the common misconceptions that you hear from customers about DR? The most common thing that comes up in the customer briefings is always backing up to tape. A lot of our customers feel that just backing up to tape is satisfactory until they have to exercise retrieving the tapes. So in some situations, I've heard horror stories from some of our customers about retrieving the tape and there's being something wrong with the tape. Or they thought they had 24 hours of tape. In reality, they just had a couple of hours of tape. Lost data is the number one reason why businesses go out of business in a disaster. It's because they cannot recover their data. In the health industry, if data is lost, it can cost them their government contracts. So there's usually a price tag attached to the data that any corporation, small business or large business, has. So being able to recover your data is absolutely critical. And I found with some of our customers this is their biggest pain in their misconceptions about backing up to tape rather than having real 
redundancy between two data centers or redundancy between the two servers that are holding their data. So what's the alternative to tape? The alternative to tape is redundancy within two data centers that are spaced apart where if your primary data center should collapse, your primary servers are destroyed for whatever reason by a hurricane or a tornado or flood or any of the other catastrophes that could take place, you can easily recover to your secondary data center where your data is protected and safe and was not part of the disaster. You mentioned healthcare, and I know that recovery of data for HIPAA purposes is very important in protection. And Sarbanes-Oxley obviously affects other organizations as well. So I guess the disaster recovery also has to dovetail in with a regular storage and retrieval schema as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. In fact, this year, I would say I've probably done over 100 customer briefings in the last 12 months because disaster recovery is on everybody's mind. Because of Sorbane-Oxley, because of what happened in 9-11, because of all the regulations that are out there now for protecting your data. So more and more customers are getting more interested in providing budget in order to take care of their disaster recovery needs because they're finding that in order to satisfy various laws, they have to have the ability to recover their data, and they have to prove this year after year just like Dell does. What are some of the best practices that you've learned to build a rock-solid infrastructure that's ready for disaster recovery? Our number one best practice here at Dell is we test it and we test again and again and again. If you are a Class 1 application, you are required by DR policy to test your application in production every single year. So we facilitate these tests, and we have tests every quarter. On any given day, there are people around the globe at Dell working on disaster recovery. It's a way of life for us. It's on everyone's roadmap. It's on everyone's budget in every single segment across the globe. We test it over and over again. The goal is always to fail over to the DR side in less than four hours, and in the last couple of years, we've pretty much been doing it in less than two hours because now that repetition has set in, we know how to do it. We've done it over and over again. We're getting better and better at it. Some of the applications in our last DR tests failed over without issue in less than an hour. The last two DR tests that we've had in production, we have had no issues at all, no fallout at all when all the systems were returned to the business. What this shows us is that we're getting better and better at it. We just had a disaster recovery audit. We did well on the audit. When we have to do uh, SOX audits, there are always disaster recovery questions that we have to answer. We have readily available all the information needed to prove that we have tested successfully in production for disaster recovery and that if we had a real disaster, we would fail over without issue for all of our Class 1 apps. It sounds to me like you've developed a lot of expertise around disaster recovery. I'm wondering, does this benefit Dell customers in any way in terms of either services or knowledge or best practices or even products? Absolutely. When customers come in-house and are face-to-face with me and our disaster recovery PowerPoint presentation, they're always taking notes. They're always giving me their cards. They're asking me to contact them after 
the briefings are over so that we can talk about the things that they have seen in the slides. The things that they take away are things like Dell is working hard to move to active-active rather than active-passive. So what active-active means is that you really don't care what data center you're running in. You can run in data center A or data center B, and you could switch back and forth very easily. So Dell is moving towards that. We're also moving towards having everything sitting on the latest technology, SQL 2005, Oracle 10G. We are moving as quickly as we can in the roadmaps to get all of our applications up to the latest technology. When a new application comes to Dell and is implemented in production, we try to assure that that application is sitting on the latest technology, and we have some real good roadblocks put into place through our change management system to make sure that they do not go into production unless they have been tested for disaster recovery first. Do you have any advice on how IT management can make it a priority in their organization? Yes, the number one thing that has to take place here is to determine what is the lost revenue. If there is a real disaster and the data is destroyed, what is that going to cost in dollars? Is it going to cost not only dollars related to revenue, but are people going to end up losing their jobs because this data is now missing and no longer there? Can the business itself even survive if the data is destroyed? As an overview, what are the three or four main points that you'd like our listeners to take away from this podcast? I think you have to remember that your foundation also has to be a part of your disaster recovery plans, the network itself. We have recovery documents for the network across Dell, across the globe. Telecom, our phone systems here at Dell, also have their own recovery documents. All of our infrastructure has separate plans. We even have disaster plans for our command center, which would be where we would go should we have a real disaster. So it's not just about applications. It's about buildings and infrastructure. It's about making sure you've hit every single, single point of contact. So your middleware, anything that's sitting in the middle between these applications, you have to make sure that you don't have gaps. Gap analysis is probably one of the most critical things in developing disaster plans. Go active-active as much as you can. Get to where you can just flip back and forth between your two data centers. Use the latest technology. And my motto, my number one motto, if it has not been tested, it does not work. This has been a really great overview. I really appreciate the time, and I've really learned a lot. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having me. Debbie and Jeff, thanks. This has been a great overview of disaster recovery, and I'd just like to emphasize that no matter how large or how small your organization is, disaster recovery is a critical component to safeguarding your business. And if our listeners would like additional information, we have an in-depth article at dell.com slash power solutions, and search on the article titled, Architecting a Blueprint for Disaster Recovery. And please join us again next time for another installment of the Data Center of the Future podcast series.